Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a part two of the Q&A session Forge Nerf. We got about an hour in and I had a sponsored stream scheduled and there were so many questions asked and I know this is like an important subject right now for a lot of people. So I wanted to give everybody an opportunity to get their questions asked. They may not be here right now live on the stream anymore, but this will be an opportunity for me to speak to a lot of the questions if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube you might listen to this out of order by accident it shouldn't matter, it's just two Q&A sessions about the same subject you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage, so the next question in order is from May Tricks it says, do you think it would be asking too much for them to add a couple new activities to assist leveling? I know it's a relatively cheap update, but taking into consideration all the things they cut out, like story cutscenes, strikes, crucible maps, I feel they could have added more. Honestly, I feel like we're dealing with two operating things right now. Number one, this is meant to be, you know, sort of grinded thin end game extending content that is like loopable and then that's like the primary thing and then underneath that they've not been very public about this this is going to be me sort of speculating I think a significant portion of Bungie could be moving on to help build and set up Destiny 3 and that will lead to the just some of the thinness of this content they're not going to be able to build as much and I'm okay with that uh, to be honest just considering how bad Destiny 2 did at launch. We want Destiny 3 uh, to be really, really good. So that would be, I think, two of the things kind of operating right now. And I mean, we saw that at the end of Destiny 1 with things like Rise of Iron being significantly smaller as a DLC than a lot of the other ones we may have been used to. And that was acceptable because we knew they were shifting to the sequel and that wasn't something I, you know, I think that a lot of people were upset about. If they were, I, I, you know, to a certain extent, you have to understand they have to maintain the current game and, and keep the current player base happy while also kind of shifting uh, to the next game as well. They can't, they can't split too sharply, but there needs to be some split at some point. So I would say those are the two things sort of operating right now within the oh we didn't get a ton of stuff now i talked about this before too for all intents and purposes most of what you're getting is similar to strikes forges are basically strikes without the linear progression you're just staying in the room you're fighting ads then majors there are mechanics and then there's a boss that's essentially what a strike is it's just easier for Bungie to take all that put it in a container and then you run that loop grind bounties get gear etc so in this realm of content I think what we're getting looks good as long as the other forges are unique and have different I'm hoping slightly different mechanics and slightly different fights if not that'll be a bit of a bummer but I'm trying to be understanding about the framework that they're trying to work within and probably the developmental bandwidth that they're trying to work within so next question is from Tom Hyde are you joining the grind for world's first tomorrow I always raid on day one but I don't care about world's first Uh, I think the power level race and the delta scaling just leads to too many advantages rooted in luck and a lot of things that are out of the player control if you do, if you get the right drops and I get all the wrong drops you're going to end up with a significant advantage 
and you didn't really contribute anything to that advantage. It's just part and parcel uh, to the RNG and the limitations of milestones uh, within the way they set up the leveling. So I'm, I've just never been interested ever since they did that with Wrath of the Machine and people went in completely overleveled and did just decimated that raid. The, the, the power struggle, the damage struggle just wasn't there uh, because instead of just doing a global hard cap and letting everybody just sort of grind as much as they can to level, we do all these weird soft caps and then that leads to people sort of getting past them and then not really feeling the pain that they're supposed to feel from endgame content. So, sleepy, sleepy, Joey, um, sleepy Joe, yummy, yummy, yum, sleepy Joe, yum, yum, sloppy Joe, yum, yum. It's a great name that I just completely butchered. Apologies if they're still here. Sloppy Joe, yum, yum. What do you think about Bungie deciding to have less exotics in the loot pool and instead of exotics through quests? Uh, personally, I feel as though it kind of takes away from the feeling of getting an exotic. I'm okay. I get this question a lot. I'm always okay with a mixture of both quests and RNG drops from exotics. I don't think the two have to constantly be uh, completely separate. I think you can actually have both. Uh, Disconnected, uh, Disconnected God says, Do you think Bungie should take the ability for people to hold powerful bounties till new DLC? Oh, take away... Uh, take the ability away, I think is what they mean for powerful bounties until new DLC drops, specifically things like Iron Banner. Yeah, personally, I I don't know how difficult this is, right? I don't know how difficult this is, but I do know that it shouldn't be a thing you're able to do. I love Grenader Jake, but saving Iron Banner bounties and hitting and hitting 630, 633 or whatever the first day on one character is, is pretty ludicrous. Um, and I... I'm not saying he did anything wrong. He did what the game allowed him to do. But I think it would have been completely legitimate for him to boot up that day, turn all those bounties in, and all of them would have been at the previous level cap. The game just says, nope, these were earned during the previous ethos, and thus you're not going to get them to drop higher. Like, it, yeah, or auto-decrypt like what Wob is saying. You could have very easily just been like, any milestones, anything in your inventory would just get assigned the previous power cap level so you you it's it's like a it's like a prime ingram right once a prime ingram is in your inventory that's it i mean it, it says 600 right on it and you can't get it to decrypt higher because that is that's locked in and i think they should have done something similar uh with the bounties i'm surprised they didn't put something like this in place because it does seem i mean it just it really does it seems kind of silly to have people bypassing the natural leveling paths and over leveling again and then you know Jake's not an advocate he just takes advantage of the system right like I think Jake would even admit I know him I know the kind of person he is I know the kind of guy he is he would say this is silly I shouldn't be able to do this now obviously he's going to say that with a big grin on his face while doing it right love the guy but he's going to be like I should not be able to do this meanwhile he's just click 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 getting free power levels right so again it, 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 it is something that they need to look at. It is something that they need to, to, to take a gander at and say, you know, do we want to let people do this day one by the sheer nature of it's, you can just save stuff. Again, a prime ingram drops and gets assigned to power level. They could do the exact same thing with, uh, they could do the exact same thing 
with the other uh, the other things that you can kind of stow in your inventory. Uh, that way, people can't do that. So, I don't think it's that huge of a deal. I, it just, to me, is a bit of a letdown uh, within the realm of the power grind, which is why um, they should consider looking at it. I don't know if they're going to do this for future annual pass. I don't know if it's going to matter. The pinnacle thing in Gambit, if it's power gated. And then there's going to be a world's first race for completion. I don't know if it will be the same as a raid's world's first race, but I could definitely see them saying, you know, people are going to try and level up as fast as possible. Let's prevent this, you know. Uh, Base Boosted uh, Bard says, uh, what was your favorite and most hated parts of each DLC? I'm going to be real honest with you. Um, the thing that I dislike the most is honestly, is honestly the grind. I don't like it. Um, I do not enjoy, uh, I do not enjoy feeling forced to play content that I'm not interested in. Uh, I do not enjoy intentionality being taken away from me. Uh, that's just me personally. I, I, I don't like that. I know I like grinding for power level and having that sense of like luck of like right now I really need a helmet or a mark. That's those are the two things I need. And so if I don't get those things, a lot of my efforts are basically wasted. And that I think is a mistake because you force people into content that they don't really have any interest in. And then they're not really able to have any control over what they get. So whenever I play Gambit and I don't really feel like playing Gambit and then I get a, you know, an item that doesn't help me, uh, that is really frustrating. Yo, I freaking wrecked him at the buzzer. Milo was dead. I was low health and I sorted his freaking face and I did not need a chest piece. That doesn't help me. So... Um, I really need a helmet or a mark. It's a 620 chess piece, so it'll help me a little, little teeny bit. So those are my least favorite parts of what they've done so far with the DLC. I just, I don't like getting funneled into content I'm not interested in, because then you, you, it's hard to enjoy content when you're only there for the drops, when you're only there for the power, and then you don't get it, it just makes it even worse. So, I hated the lead up to the raid of of Forsaken. Forsaken experience was so sullied for me. I loved the Barons, I loved the campaign, the art style, so much of it was good. But as soon as I settled into the power grind, I was just annoyed. I was just highly, highly, highly annoyed. I did not like it uh, at all. I want to see how far that, if that took us up at all. Uh, we're still 618. I think we were previously 17 with the old chess piece. No, that chess piece doesn't doesn't bring us up at all. That's a bit of a bummer. Um, so I'm going to pass lead to Milo, and we're going to do the exact same thing. Presently, adding the handicap to the Nightfall doesn't, uh, doesn't handicap you, and it gives you <laughs> the power boost. So we're going to go for the 100k right after. Chats 13. On a scale of Curse of Osiris to Prime... Uh, Ingram, how excited are you to raid tomorrow? I always love uh, new raids. I always love new raids. I get really excited about the the experience. It's a mystery. Nobody knows what the heck they're doing. Uh, do we need a third? Sure. If you uh, if you want, um, you can join us. We're gonna go in. It, it don't want matchmake, so there'll be a spot. So I always like the mystery. I like the fact that we don't know what we're doing. I like the fact that the community doesn't know what we're doing. And it's this big mystery. I also just like the challenge. It's the first time. It's the first victory. I just don't care about uh, 
the world's first race. Uh, Jay Saxon, Bungie did a great job responding to community feedback regarding Black Armory's initial forge. However, I'm concerned about the remaining forges following the same power level tiers. If this is endgame content, then I'd hope the remaining forges would scale up and that each forge, uh, as each forge is released. Do you think power levels will scale up in subsequent forges? What mechanics or enemies would you hope to see in the remaining forges? I mean, if they do scale up, then at least people will, you know, sort of, I don't know what they would scale up to, though. I mean, 625, you're going to go to 650? I mean, that there's, and then what's the third one going to be? You can't go beyond 650, because that's the next, uh, that's the next one. So, I don't honestly know what you would scale them up to, uh, because the, uh, my Sparrow blew up in those guys. I, I think the easiest thing to do is to have a 600, a 625, and a 650 for all of them, so you can toggle it, and the higher you go, the better your chances are at things, and you can toggle and have, you can have better bounties from her as well, better rewards, better things, like, tier it, I, I just, to me, if you're grinding her and you want to get more materials and it's harder and you want to do the 650, that's your choice. Uh, Kira Calcium with four months, welcome back. So I don't know how they're going to do it, but that's how I would do it. If, the, if every single forge is a 600, 625, 650, and then it's up to the player, and then it's up to the player, that to me... Oh, we're supposed to be killing stuff. That's right, we're going for 100k. I'm sorry. Uh, that to me is a much better system than just setting it really high, and then it's with it's beyond everyone's reach. So then people play it in a goofy way, and they find a spot to sit with Whisper because they're not really supposed to be in there. And I, that, you know, I don't know. I just I've always felt that the 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 structure of story missions to strikes to nightfall is this natural spectrum that already exists in the game. Do something similar with this content as well. Andrew9136, do you think artificial difficulty is better than a high delta curve for power level? Um, oh, do you think think artificial difficulty is oh is better than a high delta curve for power level? I would be happier with the under forge if they remove the bumpers on wave two. I can see that just annoying the crap out of people because frustration in the fu- and cause frustration in the future. I mean, dude, I'm 620. I ran at 621 today, and it was uh, it was not a problem. It was not a problem at all. So I, it, it's one of those things where I, it's not about changing the mechanics or the bumpers or any of that. I, I and I just don't like delta scaling. I think delta scaling is the worst version of content. I really do. I think it's the absolute worst version of content. You have to play in such an unnatural way. You you hide. Uh, there's so much of the content that ends up getting sort of turned into a point of frustration that just doesn't feel necessary, uh, especially considering... You know, new content's supposed to be exciting and fun, and I feel like whenever new content is Delta scaled, the experience is just really sullied. Last Wish was just silly, in my opinion. It's like people are beating their head against a Delta wall and having to hide and play in really strange and unnatural ways, and it's impressive to see teams do it. I don't, I will never deny that. It's impressive to see teams do it, but I just think there's far better ways to create difficulty. I'm always going to go back to King's Fall and say that structuring it in that way was a thousand times better where they built hard first and then they and then they switched up they switched up and and they dialed things back for normal so that there was a natural progression between the two uh i'm gonna have to go to the tower to get to to open this prime and we're gonna hope for a helmet or a cloak because that would obviously change my drops at 
the end. I will be back, gentlemen. Next question. Uh, Ronan says, which boots are you using to jump that high and far? I'm not sure when they asked this question or what I was doing. I wasn't wearing boots that enabled me to jump higher or further than normal. Ruku1012, do you think that one big issue with Gambit is that there is no entry level? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you mean by entry level. I think sometimes people want, like, a boot camp playlist for morons, or, or I don't want to be mean, not morons, but, like, inexperienced players that have no clue what's going on. Uh, you know, that, you know, that, that that can be a solution, right? You're like, we have this swath of inexperienced people, let's put them in a boot camp playlist. The problem there is, is that eventually you got to kick them out on the other side, uh, eventually you got to kick him out on the other side. When do you do that? And is that curve going to be so jarring that they then don't want to play anymore? I just, I don't know how to implement a system like this well. Because what ends up happening is, is you insulate them and they're in like preschool and they're throwing blocks at each other and nothing significant's happening. And whenever you kick them out on the other end, there's going to be this sort of jarring sort of, I can't believe... That, that, that Gambit is this stinking hard and then they might not enjoy it at all. I I think there's in-game things they could do. Uh, oh, cool. That's a Lost Sector progression. There's in-game things they could do, maybe, to clue people in as to what the heck's going on. As we said earlier, just the idea of like, hey, you know, you guys have enough to send an invade. You probably want to bank right now. That's a little audio cue that the average player might, you know, not know that. Like, wait, what? We want to send right now? Why do you want to send right now? Like, you know, hey, Hotshot, you got enough moats to send over an invader. Why don't you do that? Invading first is a big deal, you know. It's it's a big advantage to get over there first and try to get some kills. And then I think people would slowly, like, make sense of it. Thank you so much. Another uh, drop that does nothing for me. I have a 631 energy unbelievable so there i think they could do things like that fragmenting the community and having some people having some people in this playlist and some people in that playlist generally generally isn't going to work all that well but if you're if you're collecting moats and you're at seven and the drifter keeps barking at you every time that you're at 20 your team's at 25 you're going to start to figure it out you know Alright, Guardian, your team's got 25 moats. You should probably bank and invade first. You know, first invaders have advantages. Something like that. Some sort of way to to educate the player as to what the heck is going on. Because listen, I said this before. The game passively promotes playing like an idiot. When you're at 7 and there's a ton of people in the area... It makes logical sense to be like, I should clear this area and get three more moats, right? Right, playing devil's advocate, wouldn't that be the same as having Shaq telling people to play the objective? Um, Sure, sure, but there's a big difference between telling somebody to play the objective and vocalizing, your team now has 25 moats, you should probably go bank and get the first invasion. I would wager to say a good portion of the community would be like, I didn't know that. We were playing with Clintus the other day. Clintus didn't know that. Because he was like, no, I'm going to go for one more. And I'm like, no, no, no. You want to invade first, Clintus. You getting one more for 10 can literally be the difference between us winning and losing. 
because you'll go for that one more now you've got 10 great you took too long to bank and now they banked now they're invading and now not only did they invade first to slow us down your 10 moats are at risk you know there's less risk involved even if you invade and have a bad invasion at the very least risk goes down because you invade first which means everybody's kind of banking earlier it's just a better way of playing, and I do think the audio cues could help a lot of people figure it out. Because even really good players just aren't hip to that as a, as a reality. And as soon as they get hip to it, Clintus says, you know, he's been enjoying Gambit a lot lately because he just now that he kind of understands the strategy. But then obviously that can become a point of frustration as well when you're like, come on, you morons, like come bank the moats. You know, I've got, I, I'm I'm ready to invade. Um, that's the other thing that's irritating is someone grabs the heavy and then just cruises on over to the ads and uses it on the ads and I'm like, dude, I'm standing here with the 1k voices, like, let me invade, you know uh, Deacon Walker, what surprises What surprises do you think you can expect uh, as with the secrets mentioned in the vid doc for the Black Armory I think sometimes they use phrases like that that don't need to be parsed and analyzed and you know, speculated about, honestly um they're, they're all they're really really doing in my opinion uh, is using verbiage that we're all familiar with there were secrets on the dreadnought and none of the secrets there's mysteries and secrets and secret rooms there wasn't anything that significant on the dreadnought if we're honest do you know what I mean so thank you for gifting a sub to Dazua thank you rodeo clowns for doing that uh Valduvius, should Bungie try and leverage currency more to alleviate RNG for progression and specific loot acquisition? I mean, currency is in a weird spot for a hardcore grinder. Like, I hit, dude, I mean, I hit freaking Max Glimmer all the time. What, I mean, what's the point of that? If I'm always hitting Max Glimmer, then you're not, you're not having me use Glimmer enough. I'm literally going to spider and dumping glimmer into resources just so I, I, you know, I have extra and then later on I can spend them if I need them for legendary shards or whatever. I, you know, maybe you could use, what if when you turned in a milestone you could spend a certain amount of currency to say, give me ammo, of uh, ammo, give me armor, give me a gun. So then it would be like, hey, listen, if you want intentionality over your milestones, that's fine. It's going to take you a little bit longer because you're going to have to go grind for glimmer and you're going to have to save your glimmer and not be infusing haphazardly. Kind of hold on to your, you know, your economic, your, you know, your, your currencies, hold on to your currencies. And then when you hold on to those currencies, you're going to be able to uh, have them for intentional milestones. And that's going to enable you to feel a whole lot more power over your uh, your power grind. But it would be painful and not just as easy as just clicking the button and saying, "Yep, give me the, uh, give me the, give me the, give me the the armor, give me the guns or whatever." It would be it would be costly. That could be good. Uh, Lolly Cake says the faction rally question made me think of this. I heard a suggestion to bring back factions full time, give the faction vendors bounties, and when you gain standing with future war cult, you would lose uh, and go negative, possibly with dead orbit. Do you think the system could work? I think with the three character system and the three faction system, picking one and then just going is a hundred percent fine. Um, you pick one, you grind, you get stuff. I've voiced the I have voiced the opinion pretty regularly that they should have the factions in the tower all the time. 
and then when the factions are in the tower all the time you can say okay you can grind this faction anything you do in the world is going to give you uh is going to give you rep with them which then gives you uh the ability to get shaders ships sparrows cosmetic stuff uh, and then that enables you to feel like that sense of belonging to that faction, like you're slowly getting cooler stuff and ranking up. The more you're playing, the more your rank will go up, because like, if you hit rank 50, you could get access to super, super cool stuff for future war cult, but I couldn't if I wasn't playing as much with my hunter, because my, you know, my hunter would be on future war cult, and then that could be a way, again, to give you that sense of, oh, the factions are always in the the tower and then again beyond that i feel like you could say here's the faction rally and then during the rally there's two weapons and two pieces of armor right you grind like crazy during that week that sense of urgency i think is important i think it adds something cool and i think when you have that sense of urgency people grind and we got a helmet yes um uh when you have that sense of urgency, people grind like crazy. And then, oh, I got an exotic as well. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's the impact velocity sparrow. Is that specific to this to this nightfall? Is that a nightfall specific to this alone? I think it might be because it says fail safe. That's really, really neat. Um, and then during that week, you could grind like crazy for those guns and armor. And then the second week, so they go away after that week. They go a week. The second week, those two guns and two armor pieces drop into the pool. So you, if you don't get it that week, you know, you're like, well, in, in a month, the next faction rally is going to happen. It's going to drop into the pool, and then I'm going to be good to go. I'm going to be able to, uh, I'm be able to grind for the armor piece, uh, the two armor pieces and the two guns, right? I think that would be a really, really good way of doing it. So they're always present, but there is that, it does combine it with that rhythmic, I call it rhythmic urgency. I think rhythmic urgency is a, is just part and parcel at this point uh, to the Destiny experience where we hit 620 with this character. That's really exciting. Uh, it's part and parcel to the Destiny experience where you have that sense of like, what's the nightfall this week? Okay, cool, let me go for that. What's this this week? Okay, cool, let me go for that. Like, I think I think that is a part of the Destiny experience, but you don't want it to be lame and you don't want factions to be non-existent out, outside of Faction Rally. Um, yeah, we could do the wanted, the wanted Bounty next. Um, where is that? Geritol says, Lono, I hope this isn't too bad of a question, but with random rolls being back, would you be opposed to the old D1 method of gaining experience to unlock certain perks or weapons? Would that be too much of a pain? I don't think that's necessary. I don't know if that adds anything, right? That kind of feels like a home, like a homework assignment. I think it's more exciting for the grind to be about drops. So you're trying to get a drop, and then when it drops, it's exciting, and then when it's you know when it's not dropping you know you're 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 just continuing to kind of go and loop for it. And then when it drops you're really excited you can try it out the perks are immediately available i just think this ends up feeling like homework oh i got a sweet weapon but now i have to use it a bunch to even try out the perks right so i don't um i don't think that's the, i don't think that's the right call I don't think that's the right call. I think a better call is to 
have people focused on loot drops uh, more than have them like focusing on every I mean if every gun I get I gotta take it through I gotta take it through the gamut of like you know using it using it using it and then you got the sparrow too with instant summon we both got the unique nightfall reward drop with instant summon nice um cool I think that's just a better way of doing it, Geritol. And I mean, I love you. He's a longtime watcher of the stream, and he's a super dope homie. And I remember those days of D1 grinding Mars for for experience and, and, and also for the materials, for the relic iron, just to try out a weapon. That, I felt like, was needed in Destiny 1 because Destiny 1 was so thin and absent of things to do. Destiny 2 is not lacking of things for you to do. Lost Sectors, Adventures, Public Events, Heroic Public Events, and then you have uh, the Wanted Lost Sectors, and then you have Strikes, and you have uh, Story Missions, and you have Nightfalls, and then you have Gambit, and you have Crucible, and you have the Raid, and then you have the new Raid layer, and now you have the Three Forges. There's just... There's so much to do. I'd rather have them just start dumping loot in the activities so you have a reason to run the activities instead of feeling like there's literally no reason for me to do really anything. Um, you know, so I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna, I guess, do this over and over and over again, right? I'm just gonna do this one side of the game over and over and over again. Or I'm gonna go grind this over and over and over and over again so that... Um, so that I can use my gun, right? So. Alright, next question. King Crab. Didn't Bungie give people a direct path to 600 with the horror story? Why didn't people take advantage of it? Is that, uh, is that Bungie's fault? That's not a direct path to 600 King Crab because it's one item. Do you honestly think one item at 600 is going to make a difference? You know what I'm saying? Like, if right now I had an item at 650 in my inventory, do you think it would make a difference if the rest of my items were below 650? That was not a direct line to 600. And, you know, it was one gun, and it took a long, long time. It, it took long. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't fast. And then, and then you could grind it for, you know, the masterwork cores, the enhancement cores, or whatever. But that... Uh, that was not that was not a direct line to 600. A direct line to 600 would be, hey, since we just increased the level cap, the past level cap is now e- way easier to get to. Way easier to get to. Um, so just do any activity. Any activity that you do is going to raise you. Is going to help you out. You know, that's 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 the, that's the way forward, in my opinion. They need to do the exact same thing when Season of the Drifter comes out. When Season of the Drifter comes out, you need to be able to get to 650 very easily if you haven't yet. Always, always, always expedite the ability to catch up and get where everybody else is. If you don't, if you don't, you run the risk of leaving people behind and making them feel like it is completely pointless to even play. You do not want people feeling like there's no reason to play. You want them to be feeling the exact opposite of that. The exact opposite of that is what you want people feeling. Like, wow, this isn't so bad. I can get back up. I can get to 650 pretty easily. The new power cap is 700, and there's new activities that I'm going to be able to do once I level up a little bit beyond 650. There has got to be a, like, as someone in chat is saying, a slingshot. Right? So, you're saying, yes, it was. It was a slingshot to 600? 
Yeah, it, uh, no, dude. No, it made a difference, but that's not what I'm talking about. That, you're talking about something completely different than I am. You're talking about basically the ability to get one item and then that kind of pulls the rest of your items up. I will admit that helps. That 100% helps, but it's not it's not helping in a huge significant way like you're making it sound. It trust me it doesn't. All it did was give them an average for the rest of their drops that probably put them in relation to their current light level closer to 600, which is helpful, but my suggestion goes beyond that. It goes well beyond that. Now, if this game really, really loves me, it's going to give me Mark. And we're going to be off to the races. We are going to be off to the races if I can get a Mark from this bounty. If you're listening to this, we're about to pull the trigger. We really need a Titan Mark. Really need a Titan Mark. We got the Queen Breaker. I haven't gotten that yet, and I finally got it, and that's how I got it. Gee, many Christmas. Okay. Uh, you keep getting weapons. Yeah, same. Same. Weapons are just so not helpful. Uh, and it does not drop powerful. That did. Oh, Thunderlord drops at current power level. Oh. You got a bond? Whatever, John. Next question is... Silva back gorilla. How can Bungie minimize RNG so it's less punishing? Um, I think you can do. I think you can do things that. Uh, I think you can do things that that minimize RNG in a way. So as you say, it's less punishing. You don't want RNG to go away. As we praise random rolls, as we praise the ability for the game to you know, screw you and reward you. Um, as we praise those things, you have to remember that there are, there are ways I think to make that not feel like you're just getting absolutely dumped on, um, by the game. And I think one of the ways to do that is by giving people the ability to have layers of intentionality with, their grind and what I mean by that is you can give people the ability to pick you know armor or a gun and when you do that again you're not handing them an easy button you're not saying here you go you don't have to do anything here you go not you, you know your job's done here you go it's not like that it's literally a chance at a piece that they need right I don't want the I don't want the the RNG surprise nature uh, to go away. I don't want that to go away, but I also don't want people to basically waste their life, <laughs> basically waste their life. Uh, you, you know, oh, I'm going to do like I did last night. You know, I, I, I did three, I, I, I did three. All I needed was, a, I'm in the same situation as I was last night. I need a cloak. Yeah. I'm going to get the bounties Milo for Gambit. Uh, I need a cloak and I did three bounties uh, milestones in a row gun 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 and then I finally did after those three milestones I finally grinded and did not enjoy myself grinded that stupid gambit bounty that rewards a powerful because you fill the percentage by just playing in banking modes and I got a I got a, a, a cloak if I would not have gotten a cloak I'd have been furious I'd have felt like I wasted my time in my life it's a literal waste of time 
You want to invade with cream breakers? Oh my gosh, I have it now. Oh my. No, I'm just going to kind of play mindlessly. Saving Annihilator, because I'm doing Q&A. Should Eververse Armor not use Enhancement Core for Infusion? Honestly, I'd be so happy if Enhancement Core is just dropped from Infusion altogether. I don't know when they're going to give up on that. I don't know when they're going to give up on that on that dream. It's just silly. It's such a, it's such a silly insistence. Infusion needs to be painful? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with leveling speed, as I said in the previous Q&A. Infusion is about player volition, and player volition is tied to player enjoyment. If you're playing and you would like to use that new hand cannon that you got instead of a sidearm, because your sidearm drops and it's the most powerful, like let's say a sidearm drops as you're powerful, and you're like, well, I'd much rather use this amazing hand cannon. This is so much better, right? Well, no, sorry, you gotta, you, infusion needs to be costly. Why? Why? The sidearm dropped and raised that person's power level. You're not slowing down their power grind. You're limiting their volition for for no reason. For no reason. The only reason we're doing it is today because somebody had the idea that infusion should be painful at the summit and other people backed the idea and now we're just defending it ad nauseum to the point that you have a conflicted economy now. You have a currency that is tied to both mastery of an item, masterworking it, right? Mastery of an item. And then you have it tied to infusion, which is which is uh, tied to player volition. Like, I would like to use this instead. People are like, well, you don't have to. It, it doesn't it, stop telling people how to play. Right? Stop telling people how to play. If that's what they want to do, if that's the gun they want to use, if that's what they want to do with their loadout, then let them. That melding of that economy is one of the is one of the silliest things they did with Forsaken, and it needs to just go away. It's just like it's just like other things that they've done where they, they eventually admit this isn't right, we need to change this. I think eventually they're just gonna yank enhancement cores out of you know, infusion. Now, people are going to say, I have plenty of infusion cores because I'm selective. No one cares how you play because they're not you. Number two, there's plenty of ways to go get infusion cores. Go get infusion cores. Again, stop telling people how to play. Stop being paternalistic. If somebody wants to play a certain way or use a certain gun, just let them. Player volition, player volition is is about is tied to player enjoyment and limiting player volition gains you nothing it doesn't gain you a better experience for the player it doesn't so it needs to it needs to go away j2j squared uh what do you foresee the end game of black armory will look like after players reach 650 it feels like there is something missing in terms of being able to infinitely improve your gear there's almost an infinite chances of there's almost an infinite chances of gear though. If anybody wants to join us, we're going to try we're just going to play gambit for the milestone. I'm I'm going to try to help us win, but I'm not going to be sweating and calming. If you jump in Discord, I'll drag you up so you can at least talk to Milo for callouts. Um if anybody wants to join me, Milo and John. Um So the, there are bounties that she has called augmented weapons, and those augmented weapons are basically current weapons with an extra perk that could be, you know, could roll very cool. Also, every weapon from every forge has the chance to roll with really cool perks, as you may have seen me using the ringing nail with disruption break, dragonfly, and high cal. Disruption break is the SMG perk uh, that was on the escalation protocol SMG, right? 
So if you get this with the shield disorient, when you bust the shield, it disorients people nearby. And when you bust the shield, it makes them weaker to kinetic damage. That's a very, very cool combination, honestly. Very, very cool potential combinations. You are not going to be able to get them all very quickly. It's not. Uh, next question. As close, uh, as close to Wizzy, what brought you to love Destiny? Like, what aspects intrigue you the most? I always loved Borderlands. I loved Diablo 2. I loved Diablo 1. Um, there were, there, because we're short on time, I'm just taking us in. Um, there, those are the kind of games I loved. I loved chasing loot. I loved chasing loot that changed my build and changed the way I played. I loved Diablo 2 playing as a druid. I remember when I found a guide on how to play a druid with fissure instead of summoning a bunch of animals, and it completely changed the way I played Diablo, and I loved it. I played Diablo a second time, and it felt like a completely different game, Diablo 2. And then Borderlands, when I saw the first screenshot I ever saw of Borderlands where they were shooting a gun and damage numbers were coming up and they said it was like Diablo with guns, my jaw hit the floor because I loved shooters. I grew up on Quake 3, Call of Duty, Wolfenstein 3D, Unreal Tournament, uh, all of those games. I loved shooters. Ever since I touched a shooter, I wanted to play a shooter. And the combination of that loot aspect of Diablo, that RPG aspect of Diablo... That combination with a shooter, I was in. And then when I heard about Destiny and a game that was going to be an RPG shooter with classes and abilities and and loot, I was very intrigued. And then I saw the Warlock do his Nova Bomb, and I had to play this game. Bungie has done a phenomenal job since the game's inception. Since the game's inception, they have done a phenomenal job with third-person player animations. You feel awesome when you are playing Destiny. And that is a key selling point. It is one of the crispiest, most satisfying shooters in existence. And those abilities, those third-person perspective abilities, are so, so fun. And that's what pulled me in, and I've been a fan ever since. Uh, Bama says, do you think it is possible, do you think it is possible for me to try and complete the raid tomorrow, 617, if not, will be the minimum required? I think it's a 640 environment, which means the final boss is probably 650, so you're going to get dealted really, really harshly, so I think you're going to want to at least get to like 26 or 31, 26 or 31 to feel comfortable. Last question, Secret Ghost. What about a system with progression for lost sectors or vendors where you run it, earn progress, get bonuses like more damage, higher exotic chance? Uh, and like Pokemon Go, if you catch 100 fire type, you get a bonus catching fire type. A system for progression for lost sectors. Oh, where you run progress, you run lost sectors over and over again. Yeah, I always thought there should be a lost sector quest from the NPC of the Flashpoint each week or something like that where they have you going out and searching you know, in lost sectors and looking for stuff. And then as you do them, it kind of progresses and your chances go up. And then there's maybe unique gear on each planet, stuff like that. Or you're trying to raise your rank with that NPC. And the reason you're raising your rank with that NPC is there's cooler stuff to get, you know, cooler guns, you know, cooler rolls on guns, cosmetics, stuff like that. So, all right, we're going to cut it there. It was a, it was a part two of the question answer. So many questions got ans- uh, asked. I didn't want them to get left out. So we are going to cut it there. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or you're watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash Rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you listening or watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.